Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And hello, everyone. Today is September 19th, 2016. You are indeed Locked On Magic, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Uh, just about everyone's college football teams won. Sorry, Florida State fans. And uh, let's not talk about the NFL. If you want to talk the NFL, you should probably check out the Locked On Bucks, Locked On Jaguars, and Locked On Dolphins podcasts for your uh, post-mortem of uh, Sunday's uh, unfortunate football. But, you know, not everything is bad in, in the world of, of Florida sports. We're, we're a week away from, from training camp beginning and media day, and you can just... Smell that that fresh basketball scent in the air. It's it's coming. I swear. It's it's almost here. Um, I had a had a great opportunity this weekend to go to uh, a coach's clinic hosted by Frank Vogel. Uh, got got a chance to talk to him and talk to some other Magic people. There's definitely some growing excitement now as the season gets closer and closer. I'll be sharing uh, some of that with you guys tomorrow. But today, I wanted to make sure. I caught up on a few things after last week's big week of crossover podcasts. I hope maybe that we can do a few more of those as the season goes on. Still some guys I want to talk to and uh, and collaborate with just a little bit as we get closer and closer to the season. So on today's show, I'm going to continue our, our player outlook series, take a look at some of the players that we previewed over the weekend, uh, two of the big shooters uh, that the Magic added this summer, as well as one of the bigger players on the Magic's roster, the, the big move, honestly, that the Magic made in bringing in Serge Ibaka. I'm also going to talk a little bit about uh, the Magic's front court and how that should sort itself out as we get closer and closer to training camp. Of course, before I get into all that, I do want to remind everyone to please go check out some of the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You're probably following Locked On Magic already, but if you're not, if you just happen to stumble onto us somehow, you can check us out on, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and tune in. Uh, be sure to download the podcast every day. Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. A favorable review is even better. Let some more people know about the show. Also, feel free to tell your friends about how great the Locked On Magic podcast is. And if the Magic are not their thing, if they're, say, you know, I don't know, a Heat fan or something, some, something crazy like that, there's a great podcast for them too. Locked On Heat with Wes Goldberg and David Ramil. It's a fantastic resource for Heat fans. And there's really fantastic resources, fantastic podcasts, daily podcasts, for every team in the NBA just about. Today is actually the day de- the debut of David Wurzberger's uh, Locked on Nets. I know he'll do a fantastic job with that, as David is is an incredible writer and personality. I'm excited to welcome him aboard the Locked on NBA family and the Locked on Podcast Network family. And if the NFL is your thing, like I said, Locked on Buccaneers, Lock- Locked on Bucks, Locked on Jaguars, and Locked on Dolphins will provide your postmortem for a very, very sad, unfriendly day. Uh, in the world of Florida football. And now that I think about it, it's also really a bad, bad weekend for Orlando City. So it really wasn't a good sports weekend for, for the state of Florida. I don't know what I'm ta- what I'm talking about. I mean, the Gators were Gators in Miami were the only teams to win in, in the state, right? Uh, 
That's what I get for being in my Northwestern Depression bubble all summer, and, and we even won our game this year, this week. All right, let's talk some Magic basketball. I know you guys don't probably care much about, about the football scene here, uh, but let's talk some Magic basketball. We're continuing our Player Outlook series uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Remember, you can go check out every day leading up to training camp uh, profiles of all the players on the Orlando Magic leading into media day, which will be next week as training camp opens up next Tuesday. Yes, there's real basketball in front of us. And, you know, it's the weekend, so I didn't want to go too heavy uh, into into some play, into it's a player. So, you know, I picked two guys that figure to be part of the rotation to profile this weekend uh, and really play the same role. I mean, I think you can fairly say that, that C.J. Wilcox was acquired um, in, in some ways as insurance against Jody Meeks and, and his injured foot. And, and both these players, I feel, are going to contribute something to the Orlando Magic this summer. Uh, it, it's easy to talk about uh, about the big moves that the Magic made. They made plenty of big moves. But, you know, this the, the little move to bring in Jody Meeks, uh, you know, in a, in a trade, that essentially they gave up nothing for him, but... Uh, bringing in Jody Meeks and his expiring contract on a trade, and then to bring in C.J. Wilcox and his rookie contract for Devin Marble were both moves that looked to shore up a major weakness for the Magic. I mean, if you talk to the Magic, they'll probably tell you that the two biggest things they wanted to, the two biggest needs they wanted to fill this summer, at least on the court, not necessarily intangible stuff, was to get some rim protection and defense and improve their shooting. Well, you're probably not going to improve your shooting much more than acquiring these two players. Jody Meeks has been in the league now for seven years. He's shot better than 40% in three of those seven years. Actually, I think it's four of those seven years, but one of those seven is last year when he played only three regular season games. So in the regular season that, that he's played significant time, he's actually shot better than 40% from beyond the arc in three of those six seasons. And that's not necessarily on good teams. He's made the playoffs, but never really as a major contributor. Uh, so Meeks is a shooter, plain and simple. That's what he does. He shoots the ball and shoots it pretty effectively. And the Magic desperately need that, especially in a veteran. He's not a great defender. He's obviously going to... He's not a negative defender. He's not a negative player by any stretch of the imagination. But he is a shooter through and through. And the Magic absolutely need that. And they went out and got a player like that. I mean, look at that price tag a little bit all you want. It's an expiring deal. Again, it's not a huge risk one way or the other. Where it is a risk, though, is the reason why they probably needed to go out and get C.J. Wilcox. Uh, Jody Meeks last year missed most of the season with a with a uh, I think he, he fractured his foot, uh, his left foot, uh, and it looked like he was going to be okay. He played toward the end of the season last year, played a little bit in the playoffs for the Pistons, came to Orlando, was working out, seemed like he was on his way, and then all of a sudden, toward the end of July, there was the news that he would need surgery to reinforce that injured left foot. It's not good news, obviously. Uh, at the time, it kind of sounded like it was routine. It wasn't a huge, huge deal. Uh, but the more, not necessarily the more you hear about it, but now now we're getting closer to training camp, and there's still no word on whether or when Meeks is going to be available. Uh, and so it's it's kind of unclear at this point exactly what the Magic are, are going to be able to do with him or whether they're going to be able to play him at all. Uh, and so... We're still waiting word on what me, whether Meeks is going to be available. Now, when he's healthy, he's going to be able to contribute. The question is, will he be healthy? And that's why bringing in a player like C.J. Wilcox is, is going to be so important. Wilcox doesn't have the track record that Jody Meeks does. He's, he's obviously a second-year player, 
going to be on his rookie contract. It'll be a big decision whether the Magic renew him uh, before his third year or or give him the the fourth year of his rookie deal. They'll have a team option that'll be due by October 31st, if I'm not mistaken. C.J. Wilcox, plain and simple, has just been searching for an opportunity. In two seasons, he's played only 44 games and 268 minutes. He's played... He barely played over more than 100 minutes his first year, and last year he played 167 total minutes, pretty much took exclusively three-pointers. 23 of his 66 uh, shots were three-pointers, shot 39.1% from beyond the arc. When he was given an opportunity, he's played, and, and I looked this up, he's played in 15 or more minutes in a game just four times in his career. So he hasn't been given any opportunity. One of those times, though, is especially... Significant. Against the Phoenix Suns late last season, he scored 19 points off the bench, playing about 23 minutes. So give Wilcox the opportunity, let him get into a rhythm. He can make shots. And I think that's a big thing that that the Magic are going to want to see from C.J. Wilcox. If if they're going to give him the opportunity, he's got to make shots. You know, one of these two players is going to be in the Magic rotation at all times. Uh, The Magic needs some backcourt help at the two, the three, um, both players are relatively versatile. Wilcox probably can't play three as much, uh, but certainly Meeks can play some three. Hazonia can obviously play two or three. Um, Hazonia's spot in the lineup is set, but between Hazonia, Wilcox, and Meeks, you've got three really good shooters coming off the bench. Really guys that you can you can stick in the corner and, and they'll make shots if they're open. Hazonia, you obviously expect to do a little bit more with, so... You know, push him to the side maybe in this discussion. But Wilcox and Meeks, one of them is going to be hot. And, you know, Meeks will probably be the guy, if he's healthy, that you lean on a little bit more because he's a veteran. But, you know, you got to, I think the Magic will be in a position to give CJ Wilcox an opportunity. He'll get his chance to show what he can do and, and, you know, show that he belongs in the NBA. I mean, there's, it's plain and simple for both these players. They're trying to prove they still belong in the NBA uh, with this with this opportunity the Magic are going to give them. Now, don't expect them to do much more than shoot threes. That's 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 what their role is going to be for this Magic team, and, and that's all the Magic are going to be asking of them. All the Magic need is for one of them to deliver, and it'll be set. It wouldn't surprise me if the Magic go ahead and pick up Wilcox's option. I imagine they're going to watch him play a little bit uh, in training camp, get to know him a little bit, see how he does in the preseason before making that decision. But my bet is they're leaning on, leaning toward uh, ex- uh, picking up his fourth-year option and keeping him on the roster for next season, kind of like what they did with Shabazz Napier. Both these guys are very, very skilled shooters. Again, this isn't like bringing in Shabazz Napier, who people think is a shooter because he scored a lot, but he really isn't. Wilcox is a three-point shooter and should be uh, relatively successful in the role that the Magic have for him. For him, it's just about opportunity. For Meeks, it's just about health. And one of those two players needs to hit for the Magic to to round out that bench and give them the three-point shooting that they need to succeed. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. 
Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Like I said, uh, those two players are going to be very, very interesting to watch in training camp, but I think we all know who the most important, most intriguing player the Magic have coming into camp this summer is. The The biggest newcomer that the Magic want to learn the most about, want to see the most from, is none other than Serge Ibaka. You can go back and listen to my conversation with Fred Katz of the Norman Transcript and Locked on Thunder. We talked extensively about Serge Ibaka as well as Victor Oladipo uh, as we kind of compare notes on the trade. Uh, But undoubtedly, this is the season of Serge for the Orlando Magic. They need Serge Ibaka to be what he was in Oklahoma City when he was really good and more. A lot of the confusion with the trade that the Magic made in on draft night was not so much that the Magic went after a defensive rim protector. It was clear that the Magic needed that. It was more that they traded someone who seemed to be on the rise for someone that seemed to be on the decline. And I think the big storyline when it comes to Serge Ibaka this, this season, this coming season, is not so much that... Serge Ibaka doesn't do all the defensive things the Magic want or the Magic might need. It's that he's got to prove that he can do more than he did in Oklahoma City, that he can be more than what he was in Oklahoma City, and that he isn't a player on the decline. So what was he in Oklahoma City? Well, with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook uh, as the two focal points on offense, offense, Serge Ibaka was a player who was kind of pushed to the side. There's no getting around it. There just wasn't enough basketball for Durant and Westbrook and Ibaka to grow his game. Now, perhaps Ibaka isn't the one-on-one player uh, that that certainly is not the one-on-one player Durant and Westbrook is, but he's maybe he's not a traditional post-up that. He's not someone that you can dump the ball down to and score, although numbers suggest otherwise. He averaged a point per possession on post-ups last season. Got very few opportunities, though. Perhaps Ibaka isn't a guy who's going to score 20 points per night, but the fact of the matter is no one's ever used him that way. And so offensively, there's, there, there, it, there seems to be a way to get Ibaka to step up his game even just a little bit. You know, Ibaka has never used more than 20% of possessions in his career. Essentially, if everyone's receiving the ball equally, Serge Ibaka is not getting it equally. And, and yeah, Westbrook and Durant tilt that scale a lot. But Ibaka is a good shooter. He's averaged more than 10 field goal attempts per game the last three the last three years. And last year, he saw his field goal shooting go down from 12.3 attempts per game to 11.1 attempts per game. But he still stayed at about 48%. What was a big difference the last two years, he was taking significantly more threes. After never taking more than one three-point attempt per game for his entire career, he made he took 3.2 per game in 2015 and 2.4 per game last year. This is all to say Ibaka certainly has the skill to do what he did in Oklahoma City last year, and and you know maybe that's enough. Certainly enough for them. It, it may not be enough for the Magic. So when it comes to Ibaka, the Magic might be asking him to add a little bit more offensively. Of those, let's say 12 field goal attempts, let's say. Two or three are threes. Another two or three are mid-range jumpers. 
Another two or three come on putbacks off offensive rebounds. And then another two or three come on isolation plays and post-ups or pick and rolls. He doesn't have to add a whole lot more. He just has to kind of keep the consistency. And the hope then is involving him more on the offensive end will bring his defensive numbers up. We've talked about it a lot on the site, uh, you know, in conversations that I've had and uh, on this podcast. Ibaka's defensive numbers were down, no matter how you try to slice it. Blocks were down to 1.9 per game, the lowest since his rookie year. Rebounds were down to 6.8 per game, also the lowest since his rookie year. And figuring out why this was the case is a difficult challenge. Certainly some of it, I believe, is him playing the four has put him further out on the perimeter and it's tougher for him to get in the paint. Some of it, probably, is the emergence of Steven Adams as a a defender and, and Ibaka had less to clean up and wasn't needed as much in the paint. The Magic will likely devise a defensive strategy that enables Ibaka to be in and out of the paint. He won't be far from the paint. That's, I think, a big key for what Frank Vogel wants to do. Is he, 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 He's going to devise a defensive strategy that keeps one of his bigs in the paint to protect the rim and still gives them the time and the ability and, and the, the chance to, to rotate out to the perimeter. And I think it's still a big question whether you can have a rim-protecting four anymore and be successful because of the way teams stretch the floor. And it's a big question about how Ibaka and Vucevic are going to, and Nikola Vucevic are going to pair up together. But the important thing that the Magic need, and, you know, Ibaka's defensive numbers are down, but he's still a very good defender. 3.0 defensive win shares last year, still very solid, and a 1.0 defensive box plus minus. It's not where he was 2012 when he was 3.8, or 2014, where he was 2.3, is still very, very good. Better than anything the Magic have. What's going to be important for Ibaka is to keep those defensive numbers and to to expand them. You know, I told you those defensive numbers, 3.0 defensive win shares, 1.0 defensive box plus minus. In the playoffs last year, we saw what an engaged Ibaka can do. In the playoffs, he had a 2.4 defensive box plus minus. Now, if you're not familiar with defensive box plus minus, it's a metric that Basketball Reference created that takes a look at how a player performs on each end of the floor compared to the average player. So essentially, in the playoffs last year, the Thunder were 2.4 points per 100 possessions better with Serge Ibaka on the floor on the defensive end. Overall, they were 3.9 points per 100 possessions better because Ibaka added that on the offensive end too. It seemed like it was a matter of engagement with Ibaka. Get him involved on offense, he'll, he'll deliver on defense. Or up the stakes, and he'll deliver on defense. Like with so many players on this Magic roster, this is about opportunity for him. This is an opportunity on in a contract year to show that he can be more than that not even that third fiddle that he was in Oklahoma City, that he's more than just a defensive presence, that he can be an all-around player. I think Fred Katz on Locked on Thunder said this in our crossover podcast last week. I think I've said this, and I know a few other people have suggested this too. Serge Ibaka could be the Magic's best bet in an all-star this year. He could be the breakout player for the team offensively as well as defensively. And I think for the Magic to make the playoffs this year and to achieve that goal that they've set out for themselves, 
they're going to need him to be that kind of a player. And so, Ibaka is a huge, 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 huge deal for the Orlando Magic this coming season. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The next question then you have to ask as we close this show out is how are the Magic going to split the minutes in the front court? There are definitely camps on this and we've discussed this topic ad nauseum. Ibaka is certainly going to start at the four. Whether he plays some five, how much five he plays will be a big question. I do think we'll see lineups with the Magic lining Aaron Gordon and Serge Ibaka together. I think that's one of the versatile lineups that the Magic have to use. I think we'll see Nikola Vucevic start at center to start the year. I'm still somewhat skeptical how long that might last. Um, I want to see his defense improve. He had a great run for Montenegro at Eurobasket. Montenegro uh, qualified for Eurobasket, so congratulations to him. I'll I'll go over Vucevic's stats on that um, a little bit later in the week. Uh, He played all right. He didn't play bad, but it's hard to tell what he did defensively. But I think right now the starting front court is Vucevic, Ibaka. I think the Magic need Vucevic's offense. They need that balance. I do think Ibaka and Vucevic can complement each other well and help spread the floor for each other uh, since both can hit jumpers. And even to some extent, if Vucevic really has improved his three-point shot, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Zach Lowe idea get played out where Vucevic and Ibaka stand on the perimeter and Aaron Gordon kind of roams the paint as a small center, de facto. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works out and, again, how much Aaron Gordon's improved. But the Magic have a lot of options in that front court because the first guy off the bench is the highest-paid player on the team in Bismack Biombo. And Biombo, it's hard to tell what Biombo is at this point because he had, obviously, that, that fantastic playoff run. And so you respect him for that. And, and, and you say, okay, there's something there. How do we unlock that? Yet... He's probably not good enough offensively to, to start quite yet, especially with a lineup that struggles so much to score. That's going to look like it's going to struggle a lot to score. So how does Biombo fit into this equation is really interesting. The bottom line is the Magic do have the potential to have a rim protector on the floor at all times, and that is certainly something that I think Frank Vogel and Rob Hennigan wanted to do, and they played, they paid top dollar for it. But at the very least, the Magic should be good defensively at all times and will be very tough to score in the paint against this Magic team. After Biombo, you get into the versatile guys. Uh, Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green can both play the four. I think we'll both we'll see them both at the four. I think we'll see Gordon and Green on the floor at the same time with Biombo at center or Baca at center. Um, again, you have that rim protector, have some versatility, can switch on pick and rolls, can really kind of be very switchy and st- and and... and um, against defenses, I think that's going to be very, very valuable for, for this Magic team. The point of all this is to say there are a lot of options for the Magic in the front court. Ibaka provides a ton of versatility because of his ability to blow up pick and rolls. Biombo can do a lot of the same. 
Uh, Nikola Vucevic, I think, is continuing to get better on defense. I would bet he's gotten better. I mean, I mean, again, I feel like I've been bashing Vucevic all summer, and I don't mean to do that. I, I do have legitimate questions about him, but he's always gotten better on defense. That I think he could still get better, and I think Frank Vogel is going to help going to help him a lot with that too. Uh, this front court, though, is going to be very, very interesting to watch all season. It's going to be one of the big balancing acts that Frank Vogel is going to have for this team. It's going to come down to how much the team commits to its mentality and its uh, principles on defense and who fits offensively, especially with the backcourt. And so I'll be very interested to see how this front court comes together. We've obviously talked about it so much during the summer. feels like I'm kind of beating a dead horse. Like I, like I think we're all ready for the season to start. And so we'll see exactly how things come together in just a week. Uh, and then in two weeks, we'll have a basketball game to begin you know, kind of pulling the thread on 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 this uh, on this front court just a little bit, but the clear thing is there are a ton of options, uh, and and like I've been saying, I think Serge Ibaka is at the center of all those options. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to Locked On Magic this week. We are one week away from the beginning of training camp. Cannot explain how excited I am to 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 have Magic Basketball back, even in that limited capacity. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. I, I, like I said, I, I went out to a Magic uh, coaching clinic event uh, this weekend, uh, talked to Frank Vogel, talked to some Magic people, and you know, it may be lip service, uh, and and certainly you can be a little skeptical, but you know, there there's a lot of excitement within the Magic camp over what this team's going to be. Uh, Frank, I mean, I, I got to watch Frank Vogel coach a little bit, coach other coaches at least, and watch his coaching staff work a little bit. All really impressive. All really impressive guys. You know, certainly going to be bringing some interesting philosophies uh, and approaches to the game that are going to be very, very different. And you know, might take some time to take root, but uh, they seem like they're. You know, Frank Vogel knows who he is and knows what he wants to coach. And I think um, him and his staff will will do a very, very good job. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing everything begin to come together. Uh, you know, I don't want to share too many details because it was you know. Media, media was allowed there, but it wasn't a you know a media specific event. It was it was there to help coach the coaches out locally, and um, you know a fantastic outreach by the Orlando Magic to the grassroots of Orlando basketball. But let me tell you, let me tell you this: there's definitely a, a clear plan, some different strategies that you know you probably don't think of as much as a fan. That I think will be very interesting to see how they play out. Uh, definitely some things to to begin watching for. Uh, as the season goes on and as as this training camp begins in, in about a week. Having said all that, be sure to listen to all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Like me, we're all gearing up for the beginning of NBA season, so if you have any questions about any team, the best place to go is Locked On. Insert team name here. Be sure to check all the great podcasts out. I highly suggest the latest podcast of Locked On NBA with David Locke. He had a conversation with Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder, who to me is... Just one of the most impressive head coaches in the NBA. I highly suggest you listen to that. Uh, go go to Audio Boom or iTunes, search for Locked On NBA, and hit subscribe to check that out. You can always subscribe to Locked On Magic on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and tune in to search for Locked On Magic uh, and the subscribe button or whichever episode you want to download. Be sure to give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let the world know how awesome we are and tell your friends too, because we certainly appreciate the love. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic. I'm looking forward to it. Another day closer to training camp. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.
You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long lasting 10 year LED bulbs now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. <laughs> 